Yo, what's going on, y'all? It's your boy So-So, in case you ain't know so. And welcome back to another episode of Sports with So-So. Coming to you live, y'all. We got friend of the program, Victor Bermudez, joining us to talk some Hurricanes. Dolphins make it five in a row. Heat back at home. Panthers back at home. It's time to take a ride, y'all. Let's go. Dessert. Yo, why are you all scraped and bruised up, homie? Bro, the the you killed me, man. Yeah, it's all good, bro. We're getting, you know, everybody knows we're getting Vic on the phone right now. Everybody knows that. Do you got him on? No, I still ring. All right, that's fine. Let's let's get him in there. But what happened to you? What happened to your arm? I busted my ass in nobody. Yo, what up? What's going on, big guy? Good, bro. Ladies and gentlemen, we have executive producer of the Hurricanes football on 560 WQAM, also the associate producer of Telemundo uh, Deportes, and also Titulares and Mas, Mm -hmm. friend of the program, Hurricane Badass. And a Hialeah legend. And a Hialeah legend. We're not going to mention that he's a Bills fan just yet. This is our homie, Victor Bermudez. Vic, what's going on, man? What's good, fellas, man? How y'all been, bro? We're good, bro. We're actually getting ready to see your Monday night matchup here against the Patriots. Yes, sir. Damn right. Those Mafia taking over that first place in the AFC East. Yo, it's, it's about a- to go down. We're making that run for the Super Bowl now. <laughs> it's a big game for you guys, though, bro. Division's on the line yeah. right here. Yeah, huge game, huge game. Can't hey. believe Mac Jones is playing the way he is. Yeah, bro, that kid's impressive. I'm not going to lie. Not as, as impressive as Tua, but he's pretty impressive. <laughs> I would say he's been way more impressive than Tua. Hey, man, he has a Hall of Fame coach. My guy is working with Brian Flores. Give me a break. <laughs> Give me a break. I, I got you. I got you. <laughs> hey, the AFC East has been on fire, though, for the last month, man. No, I mean, with the exception of those people in New York, but every every other team yeah, the, yeah, has the, last, been. the last month it has been, been, been on fire. So at least it, It's pretty crazy that that a team can have a five-game winning streak, be as hot as the Dolphins are, and still be in third place within the division. It's nuts, bro. That just shows you how deep that division goes, man, because we have young guys at quarterback, um, young guys at wide receiver developing, defenses that are really good in the NFL, you know, not just in the AFC East, really in the NFL. It's it's getting it's getting tight, bro. It's, it's, it's a tough-ass division. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It, I, I look, and, and it starts with, the quarterback position. Um, obviously, the Bills found their quarterback a few years back. Uh, the Patriots seem to have found their guy. And and Tua, look, Tua didn't have enough starts under his belt last year. Uh, we, we saw that we're seeing the same thing in Philadelphia with, with Jalen Hurts. These guys are getting enough time under under center, and they're starting to show that maturity. Um, and I think just the division, obviously, with Zach Wilson and, and suffering his injury. We're, we're yet to see what he's capable of, but he showed some flashes too. I, I think you're back to that old, you know, old school AFC, um, East when you had Marino, you had Kelly, you had Boomer Sison at one point, yes, uh, with the Jets. It's, Testing um, you know, Drew, Blue, yeah, Drew, Drew Bledsoe came around in, in the early nineties with, with the Patriots. So it's going to be competitive and, and it has the, the promise to be one of the, the most competitive divisions within football. Uh, along with, with, you know, the AFC West and what they got going out there with Russell and Kyler and, and Jimmy and Jimmy Q are, you know, so we'll, we'll see. Um, and the defenses are there as well. You know, the, they really the Dolphins are, have a great defense. I think the Bills have a, a, a really good defense. The Sacks have gone away for a couple um, weeks, but yeah. hopefully Gre- Gregory Russo can, can get that going up and uh, up and going again like Jadon Phillips has been able to do so for the Miami Dolphins. Like, that's going to – look, I was critical – of the Dolphins early on, I thought Chris Greer was on the hot seat. I was ready to see him go. Um, and these draft picks are just starting to hit as of late. They they are hitting for Chris Greer, and he looks like a genius right now. Uh, Water looks like he's going to go for well over 100 um, catches on the year, breaking all sorts of single-season records for the Miami Dolphins. Jalen Phillips is starting to come to his own, uh, looking like uh, some similarities to Jason Taylor. They just had to let him go. And, and let him rush the quarterback as he was doing at the University of Miami. Uh, if I'm a Dolphin fan, I'm feeling extremely excited at uh, what there's to come. Maybe not this year, because it's going to be difficult to get three teams 
from the same division in. For sure. Um, and I don't see them overtaking Buffalo or New England, but it's promising and there's hopes for going into next year for sure. Nah, no doubt, bro. And it's like you said, both defenses are young, man. Uh, and it's a competitive, competitive division, bro. And, you know, you mentioned the University of Miami, and these guys have a lot going on in the news. Uh, Matt yeah. is out. Chris, uh, Mario Cristobal is in. Huge contract, yeah. long contract. Now we're talking about getting a new AD, too. Um, the dude from Clemson. I don't know how to pronounce yeah. his name. I think it's Radenick or something like that. Um it's just in- incredible for me to see all of this happen one after another. So many dominoes falling in like the hurricane's direction because I, don't, I mean, you know better than I do, dog. I can't remember the last time something like this happened in the program where such a big change and such an investment was being made at the same time. Um, give me a little bit of your thoughts on that, dog. I'd like to say, and, and again, I know what I sound like when, when I talk Kings, I'm biased. Um, no, I'm obviously no. heavily involved. No, <laughs> I, I, I stand by the program. I, but I am not, uh, look, I, I did other podcasts, um, prior to the season. And I like, I, I like to think I'm honest. I, I don't put a home broadcast on for our pregame or, or our 10 plus hours that we do every college game on um, Saturday. So I'm honest. And I did think going into the season, Manny Diaz was on the hot seat. You just have to be. Uh, even despite going eight and three last year, despite winning the most games within ACC play that any Hurricane team has has done since joining the ACC, there was just a lot to prove this year, and you got off to a rough start. And then the noise got loud, and the national media got involved, and they started to call out this program in ways that they hadn't been called out before. I think there's a huge changing of the guard going down in Coral Gables. I think college football has caught up to University of Miami. I think they've realized that, and credit to them for realizing it. That I think in the past it was we are the University of Miami, we are the U, we make coaches. This is a stepping stone to the next level, and we make them get there. You come here, Al Golden came here, and he was like, "What, what do you mean? There's nowhere else to go. This is the University of Miami." Uh, Mark Rick fell into their lap. That that was a huge. Like that was just yeah, that was a lot luck. of with Mark. That Rick. was a big time luck move that they got Mark Rick in the house like that because they didn't even have to go to like after him too hard. Um, he was willing to leave the program that he was at at the time, so it was like uh, a pretty yeah, much. Yeah, he gets dismissed. He gets dismissed by Georgia. He's right. just sitting at home. Uh, Al Golden is obviously let go, and and it's just no one expected Georgia to part ways with Mark Rick. Um, he had a ton of success there for years, and then. There he is. We need a coach. Margaret's there. Played here. Just it, it was a perfect match. It was you couldn't have asked for more. And then immediate success. Eight and four first year goes uh, uh, longest winning streak in the nation into year two. Ranked number two in the country when you defeat number thirteen Virginia Tech, number seven uh, Notre Dame here at home. Everything's going right, and then the noise gets loud. Uh, and this fan base is starving for success. You oh, yeah. lose four games here. And they will put you on the hot seat. But again, going back to the, the point that I was trying to make first is the university, the board of trustees, those involved, the Golden Canes have realized we are no longer what we used to be. And kids no longer need to stay here. And you need a good recruiter. Not that Manny Diaz wasn't. I think he's an excellent recruiter. But you need to spend money and you need to have resources and, and you need to show the world that you are dedicated to winning, that you are more than just, and, and what that school has done during the pandemic with the hospital, I mean, top notch, top notch from the president, which no one wants to hear down to everyone involved, but, but you were lacking some stuff on the university of Miami football program. And they've realized that. And they took it personal when they were called out by Kirk Herbstreit. Because it's, it's not true. The University of Miami football program has the funds, has the money, always ha- has always had it. Hold on. But hold you, on have you, you say that they always had it, right? But always had it. 
if if that's true, right, then explain to me why we went 20 years, right? Besides the arrogance of thinking, hey, we're, we're the shit, we're the you, we're going to be able to pull whoever we want whenever we want, right? Besides that fact, what else would show, like, us regular fans, right, who, who may not know as much about the program to say, like, damn, if these guys had all this money, where did it go in that time, right? Because we knew that Al Golden wasn't getting paid much. We knew that Rick wasn't getting paid much. Hell, we even knew Manny wasn't getting paid much. And then all of a sudden... Now there's this big influx of cash, you know, available to get a go to go get a guy like Mario Cristobal, who's an excellent coach. He makes a ton of sense. He's gonna be amazing down here, right? But you go and you pay his nine million dollar buyout, and then you're paying this guy eight million dollars a year too. It's like, okay, where was this fifteen years ago? Where was this? Because you didn't need to pay it. You didn't need to pay it, Mm. guys. What I first um, was alluding to, guys wanted to come here. It was what Miami want is interested in me. Yes, sign me up. I'm there. Don't cancel all my phone calls. Cancel all my meetings. I'm going straight to become the University of Miami head football coach. It wasn't needed. Guys were okay with taking two, three, four million dollars a year to be the head coach of the University of Miami. It was. It's the reason why everyone wanted to come here because you're in the hotbed. You're in the state of Miami, the Tri County area. Uh, recruiting. If you just if you half-ass recruit, they would come, and then college football changed, and then everybody had a helicopter, and then everybody had a private jet, and then everybody could just take a private uh, helicopter and land right next to next to St. Thomas University, and you could pull wherever you wanted, and then that pipeline started going to Ohio State, and you were no longer having that stranglehold on what it is the state of Miami, and college football caught up, but the money's been there, and then they are late to the program. They're like, no, we're still the you. We're still the you. Well, no, things have changed. And we're seeing that with USC. Look at the programs that have won a national title within the last 20 years. It's a handful. It's a handful. When's the last time Notre Dame won a national championship? When's the last time USC won a national championship? Texas, Oklahoma, it's happening to all of them. It's caught up. Yeah. And now people are realizing, okay, you really need to treat this like a business. You need to invest like anything in life. And Miami has realized that. So Miami's no longer just holding on to their cash and realizes if we want to compete, if we want to bring back Mario Cristobal, if we want one of the top recruiters in the country, we're going to have to give him a lot of guarantees. We're going to have to give him time, which is one of the main things he asked for. I don't want to be told when I lose four games in year three that, oh, Mario's on the hot seat. Mario's not the right coach. There's going to be none of that. There's going to be tons of patience with Mario Cristobal. It's what he asked for. There's a lot of guarantees. There's been a lot of promises. And he didn't come here just because he played here and this is where he was, uh, where he lived. He came here because they met all his demands. And that's what it takes nowadays. Damn. You have to have – what if Michigan would have fired Jim Harbaugh after losing Ohio State year one? What about year two, yeah, they three, they four, yeah. five? And, like, and right now, Michigan is looking – Awesome, right? Number like number two in the country, um, big win. Now he beats his big rival after everybody was like doubting him and shit like that. And now he's the man, man, and they will never. And now it looks like they would want to hold him closer to their chest more than ever, you know. And I, I want to believe in that it's gonna happen with Crystal Ball, right? But I know that like. The fans may not be as patient, right, as the board of trustees. And obviously the board is what matters, right? They're the one footing the bill and shit. Um, But for the fans, how do we get them to trust Mario besides the fact that he's a Miami guy, right? Because um, he had a pretty good record at Oregon. He was 35 and 13. Didn't do so well at FIU, but it's really hard to do well at FIU when you're competing against big boys down here, you know, and a lot of in-state yeah. talent. Um, I mean, let's not forget at FIU, he, he's responsible for T.Y. Hilton. I remember there was a Thursday night game against Louisville where they go up there with T.Y. And, and and they took care of their own. He had some moderate success at FIU for what FIU was at the time and, and granted, they were much more successful back then when Mario Cristobal and, and had been or, or hadn't been since Mario left. Um, even though Butch did beat Miami a couple years ago in 2018, but yeah. we don't have to get into that. No, but um, dude, he is—he—he's the right man for the job at the right time. Um, and look, he, it is going to take some patience because next year you go to College Station, you go to Texas A&M, and you go to Death Valley and you play Clemson at their place. Uh, those are going to be two tough matchups. You go to Blacksburg; they got a new coach. 
with Virginia Tech. It's um, I don't I don't know what next year's record is going to be. I anticipate them being a lot more competitive. He's got an outstanding quarterback. He's got the best quarterback in the ACC, bar none. Facts. He's got a bunch of freshmen that are playmakers that are a year older, wiser. Not necessarily going to be getting those personal foul calls, penalties. They're not going to be jumping off sides or offensive line who is going to understand that the jitters aren't going to be there when the FSU game comes around because it's not their first go around. So I think you'll have some decent success year one. We'll see. Um, I know what Mark Rick did year two, which is getting them to being number two in the country. I'm not, I'm not sure how that will play out, but the, the schedule does not favor Mario Cristobal within his first four years. Uh, you have Auburn in there. You have Florida Gators in there. You have Penn State in there. We just mentioned Texas A&M. We mentioned um, Clemson. You're, you're always going to have the rival uh, rivalry game against the FSU. So there's some tough matchups. But if he's competitive, if he can get some of those wins, then you know we'll, we'll see what that does for, for Mario. And, and you just you have to give him. It's not even the benefit of the doubt. It's just Mario's a proven winner. Right. Mario's done it at the Pac-12. Mario was the number one recruit in the country at Alabama. He had success here at FIU. He's been a part of some, some big teams um, for Miami. I think we got our guy. Uh, and it's not what, what I love most about it is it's not a first-time head coach. Right. It's a proven winner, someone that's done it from the bottom to the top, starting from FIU and has gone to Oregon and, and had success over there. Um would go into Los Angeles and out-recruit USC, out-recruit UCLA, out-recruit Cali. Uh, Arizona, um, Arizona State, so it, all those um, Yeah, he, 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 has, he had his way with the state of California, and we are hoping that now that he's closer to home, he can have his way with the state of Florida. And we're not talking – look, Manny was having success here, but we're talking about the B and C guys from the state of Florida. Those A guys go to Alabama. That's well known. So if he can steal some of those guys and he's already hit the ground running, he's already made contact with a bunch of the recruits. um, I feel safe saying that Miami's recruiting class will never be ranked in the fifties under Mario Cristobal. So we'll see what what he can do with his um, great recruiting. and, And obviously He's a good coach, so it think, starts with that. I think you hit it on the head, bro. If he can hold on to a majority, not even a majority of, like, the A players, like you said, a majority of those Bs and C players from Dade County, Broward County, Palm Beach, Palm Beach County, even Monroe County. We know there's some players down down south, too, you know? If he can hold on to those guys and just build that wall, you know, like you and I were talking about the other day, you build that wall like Schnellenberger had and say, these are the guys that I'm going to play with because I know these guys and how they and how they come to play this game. Man, he'll have success. He'll have success because we're able to find players. Like, we got Van Dyke. We got Jake Garcia. Those are two quarterbacks that are really good, have a lot of promise, a lot of talent. Schools would kill to have two guys like that in their program right now You because we see it at places like Alabama, right, where they just constantly have another backup quarterback that they can go to who's going to throw out 350 yards, you know? Um, Vic, you know, before we wrap this up, man, I, I heard a lot of stuff this morning on the radio mostly about like uh, a stadium being built in Coral Gables and in my mind I'm thinking bro how the hell are they going to pull that off if US1 is a tragedy with traffic yeah it's uh... <laughs> uh, I think it's all smoke uh, look I don't doubt that they're serious about wanting to make that investment I don't think it's needed I think Hard Rock Stadium is I, I'm lucky enough to have visited quite a few NFL stadiums I'm lucky enough to have uh, attended a plethora of college football stadiums and there's no place like home. I'm not saying that because I am from the 305, born and raised Hialeah, Dade County. Hialeah, baby. I, I know what that sounds like, but I've been to the Coliseum. I've been to, uh, I can go on and on and there's just nothing like Hard Rock Stadium. It's just far none. The, it's why the Super Bowls are held here outside of the weather. Facts. I, I've, I've been to them. I've been to MetLife. I, I've been to Arizona where the Cardinals play. I've been to Levi Stadium. I, I've been to the pro stadiums. 
I was at the Super Bowl when Minnesota was there. I've been. We were just in Atlanta for the uh, Alabama game. I've seen them. It doesn't compare to Hard Rock Stadium. They just don't. And then that environment. What, what they're wanting one in Coral Gables for is for that atmosphere, that college football atmosphere. Mine's not that. We're not a college town. We're not an event town. So they want club live. They want, you know, uh, the, the 72 club. They want to be able to drink and, and, and sit at, uh, at a chair like if you're at a bar. Yeah, like the Hard Rock Stadium is the perfect place for the city of Miami. And you've seen how loud that place can be. Uh, remember Kirk Herbstreet's um, me- message to the college football landscape as Trajan Bandy runs that pick six against Notre Dame? Oh, this is one of the loudest places to, to play in, in college football. Yep. That was 2017. Yep. What about the week prior to that against Virginia Tech? What about 2018 when you're down against 20 to FSU we and that there. place is rocking? We were there. I bro. mean, I couldn't hear myself on the sideline. Guys, this place has a home field advantage. Yeah. But the product on the field needs to be there. Absolutely. And more than anything, Miami needs to show up. Because next year, all this passion that we have right now for Mario Cristobal, oh, he's coming home. Welcome home. Well, how about you welcome him next year when we play Bethune Cookman? At Hard Rock Stadium, right, and don't it. let it be thirty-five thousand. Have it be the sixty-four thousand. Sell it out. The same thing when Southern Mississippi comes to town. The same thing when Middle Tennessee comes to town. Let's just not do it for FSU. Let's just not do it for Virginia. Let's just not do it for ACC play. Let the world know we're here to support our guy, and we show up week in, week out, whether it's at noon or three thirty, whether it's prime time at eight, whether college game is here or not. It comes down to us. And at some point, you're going to need to prove, just like you want Mario to prove it to you and you think we made the right hire, why don't you prove your fandom? Why don't you prove that you're a real Miami Hurricane fan? It's all about the you. And th- that, that's my issue with these. Look, it, it's a 30,000 diehard fan base. We know that. Miami is. The rest of them go because not all the college students go. The rest go because it's the, you know, the tailgates and whatnot. But if you want to be what the rest of the college football world is, because I, I've seen them, they show up for no reason. They, you know, FSU was, FSU was an under, they finished five and six, and they were there for the Miami Hurricanes. They didn't show up early in the year for Jacksonville State. That might be a bad comparison. But the Swamp shows up yeah. week in and week out. Like, these guys, like, if you want that home to listen to, how long has Nebraska been bad for? And they um, Those people put seventy-five thousand people in the stadium on any day of the week. You need to show show up. You need to let the world know that hey, this is our guy, Mario Cristobal. We are going to show up despite who the opponent is, despite if it's Bethune Cookman, and we're going to run him out the the, the building. Despite if it's Savannah State seventy-seven to zero, support your guys because you got something special. You got a special coach. You got a special quarterback. You had probably one of the best quarterbacks to ever come through the University of Miami. I know what that sounds like, um, but I think we're about to see something extremely special coming out of Coral Gables uh, via Miami Gardens because that's where they play, not South Beach. Nope. And it should be an exciting year. I agree, man. And you know what, Vic? You're right. They should do it for Mario, right, and show him what Hurricane fans are about. But more importantly, we got to do it for the U and, and let the nation know, right, that we got real fans out here. We got real passion. We got real um, support, and we're behind these kids 120%. You know what I mean? Um, bro, I can't say enough how much we're we're excited to have you on, bro. Anytime we have some Hurricanes news breaking or anything like that, we can always count on you to jump on the show and, and give us some insight, man. Uh, I really appreciate you, bro. We're going to let you go so you can enjoy that Bills game. I'm not going to say Bills lost, but I'm just going to say that Bills <laughs> game, all right? <laughs> I appreciate you, my man. Got Got both of you, man. Y- y'all keep doing big things, bro. Appreciate you, Vic. Appreciate you, Vic. Dale, we'll talk soon, brother. Oh, man. Uh, when you think about what he was saying... You got to have that call of action, right? You got to have that that Hard Rock Stadium packed in order to make an impact in college football. You know, yeah. a, a crowd feeds the team and they feed, they feed into that. And you know what? We've seen it here because recently on this five-game win streak, the, the Dolphins have been packing that Hard Rock Stadium, you know, and it sounds amazing when you're watching it on TV. And it sounds even better when you watch it live. Mm-hmm. And we see that the product on the field is what gets that 
the fans they amped go hand and, in hand, and they go hand in hand. And and, and and look, it's not easy to pull off five games straight in the NFL. It just doesn't work like that. You know, a lot of things go into that. You can play bad teams. You can play good teams. You can play at home on the road conditions. It's raining, whatever. It's not easy to win five games. And the Dolphins have done that after starting one and seven to not be. I don't want to say a respectable six and seven, but at least like a beyond the salvage the season, quote unquote, salvage the season mode, right? We saw a great game. Offense looked good for most of the game, for certain parts of the game. We struggled running the ball, even though we continued to make that attempt, which I love to see. Mm-hmm. And we even got some players back. I saw that Parker came through. He had a pretty good game. He had a couple of big catches for us down the, down the stretch. And that's after him being injured all the time, you know, and, and barely playing for us. We, we've yet to see Waddle, Fuller, and Parker on the field at the same time. That, that probably will never happen because doubt it. one guy in that mix. But anyways, hey. I digress. And, and it's, and it's kind of like what we were talking about the, the other podcast episode where we want to see that type of consistency from the offense. And, you know, a lot of people point out to Tua and say, well, he didn't have, you know, a huge throwing date or whatever, but – he played well enough, and he managed the ball and was accurate enough. I don't know what more do you want from the guy. He went 30 for 41, mm-hmm. had 244 yards, two touchdowns. More importantly, again, zero INTs. Bingo, bango, bongo. That's, Bing, bong. That's huge, bro. <laughs> that's huge right there. The fact that he's minimizing on those mistakes. So you're seeing it. There's no – the last two games he hasn't thrown a pick. Let me ask you, how frustrating was it to, for you to see him, knowing how accurate he can be, how good he can be, how frustrating was it for you? To see Tua throwing it, and then how can you compare that to what you're seeing now? I mean, it, it, it's just tough as his fan, you know, a fan of his, and wanting to see him thrive in, in in this, you know, in this team, in this offense, and knowing that he can make those throws and be that efficient, like he's done these last two, three games, and, and not make those mistakes. But when he does them, you know, when he does make a mistake or two, then at that point, it's like it's tough to make that argument. It's like you know, hey, he's still winning games. You know, all right, cool. As long as you're still winning games, that's fine. But when you're throwing, you know, you're mixing in the, the turnovers that are your fault and you're losing the games, that's when everybody has a problem. But you can still throw a pick every now and again as long as you're winning the game. You're, that means you're doing more right than wrong. So uh, it's, it's seeing the progression. It's, it's, it's what I thought was going to happen this whole time, you know, as more time goes on as he gets healthier. I feel like now he's fully usually, healthy, right? You know, guys right now at this point in the season are pretty hurt, right? Right. We're, we're he's fresh. 10, 11 games. He was missed. He, he missed how many games for us? He missed like what? Don't forget, uh, Jacoby Brissett was starting for us two months four ago, games. guys. Yeah, straight up. And now we got Tua back. He's healthy now, and we're seeing the result. He's, he's extremely accurate. He's making good decisions, and he's winning ball games. And look, you know, you're right. He, we beat the Giants. Um, we ended up beating them twenty to nine. Uh, the offense again didn't look great. But you got to credit the Giants' defense for playing well, too, right? Like, they're there to show up to not let us score either. Um, two two touchdowns were to, two, two, to the two tight ends. We had Mike Holland catch a touchdown. And we also had Mac, Isaiah. My dog, Mac Hollins. Yeah, man. And, and um, then Isaiah Ford. Bro, this guy. This who, guy, when we need him, who, he just here. shows up, dog. I feel like they don't even give him a jersey number. They're just like, hey, we need you today. And he's like, all right, I'll be there. At what time? 7, 7.30? All right, cool. All right, I'll, be, I'll shut I'll up. Be and then he gets a New Jersey number every yeah. week. Nah, but his his touchdown was beautiful. The yeah, little he, toe he, tap, and it was a, like a nice progression on that play. Like you, that those plays is like it's tough when you we play a team like the Giants and we only put up twenty points, and we see plays like that. You know, it, it's like it's basically a goal line play where Tua is going through all of his reads across the entirety of the field, and then at the last second, somebody bites on what they think is Tua rushing it, mm. and it opens up Isaiah Ford. Going towards the pylon in the corner, in the front corner of the end zone, and Tua makes the best throw right at him, connect just a toe tap, and it was a touchdown. And it's it's tough to see plays like that and then not you know, not put up more than twenty points. Yeah, for sure. And look, he hit Gaseki earlier too in the day where he floated one to him in the corner. The DB went to hit it, he missed, and it hit Gaseki like dead in the helmet. And I was like, damn, that prob- that little swipe probably messed up his timing. Yeah. But still, beautiful, accurate throws where only the receiver can even think about making a play and knowing that they have the chance to make the play. Yep. Uh, it's amazing what he's done since he came back because we were worried if he was fully healthy. And he didn't even start a, he didn't come back like to start a game. He came in the middle of the game when Brissett got hurt. Um, and in those three and a half games, Bro, this guy's been killing it. Um, 92 throws, 92 completions for, from 118 throws, 905 yards, five touchdowns, one INT, record 4-0. Tua is not the issue here. 
Mm-mm. You know what I mean? And a lot of people re- were really ragging on him earlier on in the season and saying, man, you know, Tua sucks. We got to get rid of this guy. We got to get go get this other guy. We got to go after a new quarterback. And all this guy has done is face that adversity, continue to push forward, continue to get better, work on, on his mistakes, work on getting his INTs lowered, right? Where if it happens, it's like a tip ball or something like that, and it's not necessarily a bad throw. And in the meantime, he's continuing to move the offense forward. Dolphins have the worst offensive ranked O-line, right? That's the problem. So, you know, everybody's still bitching about, and excuse my French, but they're <laughs> bitching about, yo, he's not going downfield enough, you know? And it's, I, I, I disagree. I think, I think they're going downfield when they need to. You know, you mentioned Gusecki. There was a huge third down where he, he found Gusecki down the seam, you know, in, in coverage. But he made, to your point again, Beautiful throw, a, like perfect throw where only Gasecki could grab it, keeps the chains moving, keeps his drive alive, right? Um, and, and he's being accurate on all the short stuff, right? He's not making those mistakes. So if, if it's the deep balls that are going to, you know, increase our chances of, of turnovers, then we minimize those deep balls and we only utilize them when necessary. Um, and the reason we aren't giving him those deep balls is because for deep balls, you need routes to progress, Right. The only that way you, you can get time a route to progress, <laughs> exactly, is you need time for your QB to be able to take his three steps and then step into the pocket, right? A nice, clean pocket, kind of like a Aaron Rodgers does. Oh, kind of like what Tom Brady gets Kind of like day. what Tom Brady gets on every play, right? A nice, clean pocket for your quarterback to take his drop, step up in the pocket, and heave that ball. Right. Tua doesn't have that much time because of our O-line. We have issues. And the fact that we've been able to do what we've been doing with this O-line – I got to give credit to those guys, man, because they, they're not exactly what we need, but, man, are those guys working hard. Listen, if, if you're ranking 32nd out of 32, you're really bad, and you cannot stand on anything but except But those stats for, also are padded with the fact that we didn't have Tua in some of those games, and we had Jacoby, that. and we I had a that. really tough stretch, those seven games, man. I get that. I'm looking at the, the – I'm recency bias. I'm looking at the most recent survey, right, the last five games that we're on right mm-hmm. now. And and those are all what again what we said on the last episode what the what we expected the Dolphins to be doing all year and what we knew that they had the potential to do the defense is stout they're making they're, I mean the, the the cohesiveness the chemistry uh, you know from everybody I love the scheme that they're doing that they're loading up the left side with three you know three blitzers bringing down Javon Holland Xavier Xavier Howard had an interception that he almost you know had a crazy return on you know the defense is clicking and. Now the offense is also doing its part. So now it's all fully come together, and I, I know the record is it is what it is, and we're you know we're not going to make the playoffs, and not you know it's not the year for it. But we got to keep building on what we got going on right now. We are we can the, the good thing about this right is that you can see how the potential the team has right. You can obviously look at the team and say, damn, if we can improve that O line even by fifty percent. Right? We'd be like, okay, shit, we, we win way more games. Yeah. Way more games, right? Be much more competitive. Score than more points. See. Score more points. And then you see the offensive output that we're able to muster. And I say muster because it's really hard because it's, it's almost like a grind for the Dolphins to get going. But once they get going, boom, we're in motion, right? And the thing that sucks is, like, it's really the offensive line that's holding us back. And that's why I mentioned it. We're 31st in QB pressure, pressure right? 32nd O-line rating. Pocket time, 32nd. Rush yards per game, 31st. Rush yard per catch, 31st. Receiver drops, 32nd. That's another big one there. That's huge. All of those things. And yet, Tua is still doing well. 905 yards in the last couple of games. Five touchdowns, one in INT, 4-0 record. That's all Tua. Yep. Like, going through adversity. And people want to hate on his stats. That's the stuff that's no, holding I, his stuff, his stats back. I think you know the, what I, I mean? think the hate has quieted down. You know, I think that you know. No, I, feel I don't, like I don't a think lot people, people are are jumping ship and they're, they're buying in on Tua. Mm-hmm. I just think that lately he hasn't given the haters any any reason or you know any ammunition. You know what I mean? Anything, right. anything to really say? Because what are they going to say? He's winning games, and, and the way that he's doing, he's improving game by game with Facts. what he has. Facts. Um, but that other one, I mean, the, the the stat that you just noted, the last one there, most drops. In the NFL, bro, bro, uh, that's bro, that's tough, and that's considering we have Jalen Waddle, 
who it's not on Waddle. No, it's definitely not on it's Waddle. Not on him, okay. and it's he, not Gasecki. We know that those two guys have sure hands, right? Like Gasecki will drop one here and there, but whatever. He'll make big catches, one-handed catches, all types of stuff. Gasecki is the target, but Waddle is like a super target. I don't know what to say about how, like how I can describe him. This guy is, you know, there were a lot of doubts about him. You and I had a lot of doubts about his ability to be a number one right receiver, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And be that guy who can open it up. Um, We thought about uh, how was he going to compare to a Jamar Chase, a Devontae Smith, guys that we were targeting in the draft, right? And we were like, well, yeah, if we get Waddle, we'll be happy. And all this kid has done, dog, is go out there and put out the performance of a lifetime. He has... 86 catches right now on the season, which is tied for second in the NFL. Not tied for second for rookies, tied for second in the NFL. Okay, so he's closing in on Anquan Bolden's record record of 106 catches. I feel like he's going to smash that record this year because uh, his ability to catch balls, quick routes, be flashy, and to are able to find him in those three to five, seven-yard range throws and, and let him do the work and go crazy on the yak. This dude is also 12th in receiving yards. This is a rookie. MVP. I, I can't remember the last time the Dolphins had a rookie like this. No, man. It's impossible. This, like- this was, I mean, if we go back, I was, you know, hesitant. I really was high on Devontae Smith. You know, Waddle being out that whole last year because of COVID and, you know, just not playing or whatever. I, I wasn't confident, right? A lot of people weren't. <laughs> but I said, you know what? This is my team. You know what I mean? And if uh, if the team thinks that this is – What's best with this pick, I got full faith in my team. I, I'm not an executive. If not, I would not be doing my day job or this podcast, right? Absolutely. I mean, so maybe the podcast, right? I, just for fun. I just comment on what my <laughs> opinions are on the certain moves that my team makes. And right. part of that team are the executives. And I said, you know what? If, if Waddle, if they see something special in Waddle, then, you know, I got to see that too. And I started going back and looking at his highlights. And I looked at his highlights and I thought, this kid's explosive. He's 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 explosive and he's dependable, reliable, because anytime that you go to him that you need him, he's he's grabbing that ball and we've seen that now in this NFL system for him, right? He just he's just doing. It's crazy nowadays how these receivers are coming like NFL ready. They're it's, not they're not just like worried about these veteran DBs. They're like it's like fun for them. It's like oh you've been in the league how long? I'm gonna bust your ass. Get ready for this four and four speed bobble. The separation <laughs> that he gets, the route running that he has, nasty, that he's, he's displayed, man. He's a special talent, and I'm really really happy with the pick, man. I mean, obviously everybody's ecstatic with him. And if you got him on fantasy, how can it, you not be? I mean, you got to be ecstatic with the picks and how they've been working out, right? Like, Waddle, again, he's breaking NFL records. Already broke a Dolphins record for most rookie catches. Yep, on pace, I think he's projected right he's gonna now. He's going to kill like over 110, something, something like, like that. that. Like, he's going to break all types of record for being a rookie. Um, then we look at the other draft pick that we had in the first round, Jalen Phillips. Another rookie record. From the U, by the way. Another Shout out to Vic. rookie record was broken. Another rookie record. Person. Having five sacks in two games, now he's on eight and a half sacks for the year. For the season, he had two sacks just alone on against against the Giants, and they were on back to back plays. It was amazing. And and we talked about it early in the season. It was like, damn, you know, he he himself said he had issues translating, right? But he himself said it was like, man, you know, I had a hard time transitioning from the U here. Yep. I didn't know how, certain techniques. I couldn't work on this or with that. And then it feels like he just got back to playing football. And once he started doing that, it was like. It was like, I don't know, it was like the light turned on for yep. him. He was like, oh, this is what I got to do. And then, boom, he's just killing it mm-hmm. right now. And you would think with the rest of the offensive of defensive line that is out there, right, alongside of him, you'd be like, all right, maybe they're, you know, I'm pretty sure they're game planning for, for Chris Wilkins, right, because he's killing it this year too. Well, they're, they're doing it in sync. So in sync. That's man. the beautiful part. Like, it, they're the both- defensive line schemes that they're running, bro, it's, it's super dope because, like, on one of those where Phillips got his sacks, it was because of the fact that somebody else had crashed and like taken picked off on a block, and he came in and he benefited from that. And then on another play, he um, he he Phillips was the one that came in on the inside and crashed the two blockers. Right. And then I forgot the dude that did the the celebration, the the Kamehameha. Uh, yeah. At the, I forget his name. I'm I'm looking that up right now. But he uh, he was the one that benefited from that. He came in clean with the sack, and yeah. then we're doubling up or, or tripling up on that. Uh, I guess on the blind side of the quarterback, 
And the, we're benefiting from that because that's just opening up a whole different gap. We're always getting For pressure sure. on the QB right now with that scheme. It's nasty. So I, I like what we're doing on defense. It's it's working out. And again, that's just a rookie that and a second year player or third year player in Wilkins that are terrorizing other teams, right? So we have rookie there, a rookie um wide receiver, check, rookie D line, check. And now we have that rookie safety. Javon Holland killing it. Bro. This kid. It, again, I'm impressed with the, the ability that they hit on these guys because it's not easy. You know, Chris Gear did a great job, like, really making these selections because not only have they panned out quickly, more probably sooner than other people thought they would, but they, they're showing the caliber of being really good NFL players for a long time, right? Like, Phillips looks nasty for a while. Wilkins looks like he's going to be really good for a while. We see that Waddle's going to be, like, probably the best wide receiver in Dolphins history at this pace. Yep. Um, Holland is super hard-hitting, playmaking safety. We haven't had one in, since probably, um, uh, what's the dude's name that used to play with Sertain and Madison? Oh. You know who I'm talking about. Bro, I haven't brushed up on my, my Dolphins nostalgia recently, bro. But I'll look it come up to for me. you. It's going to come to me. It's going to come to me. Um, but th- those type of players where they were impactful, right? And we got them as rookies. We have them on rookie contracts. And they're impacting the ability of the team to excel at a high level. And that's what we've seen in this recent stretch um, of games. Now, can we keep it up? In my opinion, it's it's going to be a do-or-die situation, right? Because we have the bye week this week, which is much needed, right? Get everybody healthy. We just got Devontae Parker back. Uh, we, we had some injuries on linebacker. Now uh, Baker's healthy. We have um, Brock Marion. That's my guy. <laughs> I knew it started with oh a B2, God, man. Dude. But he was a badass safety. I haven't heard that name in a long time, bro. And, and, and if you think about it, Think about that team that he was on. Sertain, Madison at corner. Now we have uh, Byron at corner. We also have uh, Xavier Howard at corner. Now we put a badass safety back there. And now our linebacker core are killing it. Our our defensive line, we have a – I'm pretty sure we have a young Jason Taylor on our hands. With, with Jason Phillips. With this dude Phillips. It's looking like it, yeah. It's looking like it. And, that, and if we have that, Jerome Baker being our Zach Thomas, we have these two corners – so Tanner Madison. Oh, but now, you got to shout out Elandon Roberts, too. Yeah, bye-bye. all of these guys are going to get love on defense, dog. Trust me. All of these guys are going to get love on defense. He's back. He's healthy again. And, and he's, he's, he's having a huge impact on I think he's one of the big leaders on that defense. You know what I'm saying? And, and again, that's, that's what we need to rely on. It's young. It's hit, hard-hitting. They're playmakers. This defense is going to be around for a while. We talked about it with Victor earlier today. Um, something else that I want to point out is the record, right? So we talked about having the bye week this week, which is huge at this point in the season. Get real healthy for the stretch, the rest of the final stretch. We got the Jets after that at home. We go on the road to play the Saints. We go on the road to play the Titans right after New Year's. And then we come back home to finish the season against a division threat in the Pats. Mm -hmm. I know we're not talking playoffs, but here's what I want to see. I want to see us either compete with the teams that are really good, not necessarily beat them, get to the level where we com- are competing against um, the Pats, right, who are a playoff-bound team. Uh, the Saints have potential to be a playoff team. And uh, at the very least... And the Titans are going to be fighting for AFC Championship At the title. very least, the teams that are in playoff contention, like, give them a fight. Don't make it easy exactly. for them. You know what I mean? Like, Because if those are the teams that are in playoff contention, those are the teams that we need to be beating. Boom. So prove it to yourself now this season that you can beat those teams. Yeah, you're And experience. then at the same time... Try to screw up the Patriots' chances of, of the getting into the playoffs. Absolutely. You know I mean? Maybe they get, maybe maybe seeding rides on that game with the Dolphins, and we need to do it to help my dog Vic out, you know what I mean, and his, and his Buffalo Bills. So maybe the Dolphins got to come through and do that. I, I don't know. It, it, it's very possible. What but, is the percentage the Dolphins win out? <sighs> what do you think? What do you think the odds are for that? The Dolphins thought, winning, I, bro, winning I, out I, right I now. I saw my boy D-Boy posted it up, dog. Shout out to my boy Dolphin. Um I think it was like 80-something percent, 70-something No shot, dude. That high? No, 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 no. No no, no, I'm going to look it up, but I saw that it was... What do you think, candidly? What do you think? What do you think? Ah, 50-50? No, less than that. Higher or lower than that? that. Less than that, because look... We have a 30% shot? If we were in the NFC, if we were in the NFC, right? Because I saw the rank, the the divisions for AFC and NFC. That 6-7 and record would get us probably like into the fifth seed right now. And it's and it's that easy, right? And right now in the AFC, we're, we're more looking like the eighth, ninth, tenth seed. 
Yeah. Right? So that is. We're, we're in the hunt on in the any hunt, graphic. Right? And yeah, I hate those stupid yeah, graphics. Yeah, right. Because you know you have no shot. So again, it's way less than 50%. I would put it closer to like a 20% shot, right? Okay. Which is one in five. I think that's reasonable. I guess. I think that's perfectly reasonable. I guess because, uh, but you're still playing hard teams to get to where you need to be. You got to play the Titans before you finish the season. In Tennessee, which is going to be freezing, December 2nd, they're going to have Tinehill, possibly have Derrick Henry back. They're used to playing out there in that weather. We're really not. And then that's going to be a really tough road game, right? And then to come home and play the Patriots again, which you know what you got into with them. You see their improvement with their quarterback and Mac, Mac Jones. Mac Jones is 5-0 and on the road right now. Killing it. And you know that they're going to come down here and give us everything they freaking got to get into the playoffs. So it's going to be that 1-10, 1-5 in in shot for the Dolphins to continue to. You win four games in a row and you end up 10-7, bro, I'll be super impressed. Nobody will see that coming. I think everybody will be super. Dog, impressed. you're talking about 9-0, and like, to finish the season? That's ridiculous. And then, again, lets you know the type of talent that you're dealing with on offense and, and the specific areas that we pinpointed where we need to improve. Um, for me, I really want to see them win two out of these last four. Get, get the 50-50, right? Get the, beat the Jets. There's no way around that. Go out there and beat the Saints. No way around that. They're a team that's hurting. They're playing without Kamara. They have, they're on, like, their fourth quarterback. They got Taysom Hill trying to be a quarterback. I'm waiting. I'm hoping Kamara comes back, man. I bet you have him on fantasy. I, I, yeah. I'm what straight with him being that? out. <laughs> I'm straight with that? him being out. Um, but those are two games that we should definitely be in contention to win. Maybe not make it look as extravagant as those other wins, but definitely go out there and compete to win those two games, right? I agree. The rest of the games, Patriots and Tennessee – that's a toss-up. Those, those are, those those are, are the, the games two, that you go in there and just compete. Those are like the two hardest ones. No, it's like you said, because those are playoff-bound teams. Yep. You want to like measure yourself against that ruling stick and say, this is where we're at, this is where we need to be, right. and this is how we're going to get there. Um, this Dolphins team has really shown a lot of heart. Uh, Brian Flores really does have a control on his team, and, and they really take his, his word to heart, and they really go out there and play hard. I just wish that we were in a position where we can just – Snap our fingers and fix that O-line, bro. Because I, I feel like that's like a Dolphins curse since Dan Marino's been gone. Like, there's, we haven't been able to gel an O-line in forever. And yeah. if we were able to do that, man, bro, this team would be just so, like, perci- precise and, like, tactical with their aerial salt. Because we see it Sunday after Sunday where they go medium, medium. Short, 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 long attempt, long attempt, medium, short, long, medium, medium, short, short. And they're really tactical about how they attack different defenses. Freaking O-line, bro. Yeah, well, I mean, we'll get it done, bro. It's it's not done overnight. We got a first-round pick next year. And uh, if we keep winning like this, it'll be later in that first round. For sure. Um, But that'll be the the need. We need uh, an O-line. Absolutely. To wrap this up, I want to give a shout-out to um, Xavier Howard. You mentioned his interception. That's his 26th. Career interception, um, the most since 2006. Six, 16. 16. Um, Active in the NFL. Just the just really the backbone of this defense, you know. And I don't feel like he gets enough credit. Uh, we know that he had an issue with his contract. They got a resolve for right now. Hopefully he gets his due because I feel like he is the leader of this defense and everybody takes their cue from him. You know, he doesn't have to speak his mind. He doesn't have to do something. He's just going to go out there. Play, perform, work hard, show up for training camp, not make big fuss in the media or, or nothing like that, and just be a football player. And I think that's very commendable. doesn't happen that often in today's NFL, and this gotta, dude deserves his, his respect. They got to pay that, man. Yeah, they got to pay that, man, and show him that, that, that love, man. Um, a, need, a team that definitely needs some type of love, bro, is the Miami Heat. Them boys are struggling. I don't know what's going on with well, them. F- 14 and 10. As, as we're recording this right now, they are playing the Grizzlies, right? Correct. They're in Memphis right now. And they were down and 60 And they're down to 60 to 49 at the half, yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, not not looking great tonight. No brainer. Um, and we've had a rough stretch, like you said, so. Yeah, it's been rough. And we knew something like this was bound to happen, right? Because, like. Well, Jimmy's hurt. I'm going to say that first and foremost. Yeah, first We thing- don't got Jimmy. It's going to be tough all around. And then we lose Bam on top of that, and it's like, all right, now what are we doing? We, we, we. That, that thumb injury kills me, man, because Bam was on a really good pace. And, it, and, and to be honest, he wasn't even like – I didn't feel like he was going 110% every single game, right? And if he's doing that that easily without him being super aggressive, I just felt like he could have done even more so as the season would have like turned up 
towards playoff mode. Um, to lose him, that that sucks. You know, we're we're still tied with a good record. We're fourteen and ten. Like I said, uh, we're on a one game losing streak. We lost to the Bucks, one twenty four to one hundred two. Pretty much got lost control of that game early. Uh, had nothing for them. The only th- cool night part about that night was PJ Tucker getting his ring and Milwaukee showing him a lot of love um, for his championship uh, part. Right, the role that he played over there. Um, and, and it's, it's just hard to find a rhythm for these teams because we talked about some of the ugly losses that that they had to avoid, right? We knew they were going to lose some. The Denver game, right, against Djokovic. Guy's an MVP, nasty. They got great players. Okay, you can lose that game and say, all right, we'll get better from that. At home, though? At home, yeah, and, and, and the effort the one wasn't on the there. Ro- the one on the road, okay, but at home? Yeah, but even still, it was against the Cavs. You, you know what I mean? Like, you lose on the road against the Cavs, like – that's the game that you bounce back on after losing at home, right. like you said, right? You use that game as like a pick-me-up, like, yo, let's get this rolling, right? Let's let's get this rolling. Let's get this ship straight and, and, and get some dubs. Lose to the to the Cleveland. You finally show up against the Pacers, and you beat them 113-104. But even still, it looked rough. And all those games, we were without Jimmy. Granted, that makes it harder. No Jimmy, no Bam. You're going you're gonna to find it hard to score points. Duncan right now is struggling um, to contribute any type of real threat. He's having a better game tonight, 3 or 6 so far um, from the field. I think he has like 10 points, which is okay. But we need more production from him if we're going to have these guys out. Yep. Like, you know, you, you just can't sit back and see and, lo- and watch Hero do his thing. Yep. Um, and something that's been kind of off, too, has been Lowry, man. Like, his, his assist and, like, his command of the offense has been well, but he just hasn't been shooting it as the good as I thought. Can. Right. I feel like he's just not shooting enough. That could be it, too, right? Like, tonight he only has five, five attempts. He's four or five, but he only has six attempts. I'm sorry, four or six. Through two quarters of basketball. One of two from three. Without our, you know, star. And Jimmy's put up 11 shots. Oh, Jimmy's in. Yeah, Jimmy's in. But still, we, no Bam, right? Hero didn't start. So, like, you, you're finding it a rough way to go about offensively. Defensively, we're struggling getting out-rebounded. Again, Which we, Bam's we, we out. started off phenomenal. Phenomenal, because Bam was just... We had one of the best defenders in the league, and that's just... Dramatically dropped. And it, I feel like it was the combination of Bam and Deadman, right? Having those two guys play, like, with each other or come in and, and like, you know, sub in for each other. Right. That little he, combo. Deadman needs Bam. Bam. Bam, Bam needs Deadman. Bingo. Yeah. And, and b- bing bong. Oh. <laughs> One more time. Bing bong. Bing bong. Um, but, yeah, that combination of those two guys was really productive and effective because it gave the, uh, the other team no break. You yep. were going to get somebody who's going to outwork you for that rebound, right. right? And even if he didn't get it, he's boxing out your best rebounder so somebody around him can get it. Now Bam's out. It's just dead men. You know, looking rough. Omer has played a little bit, but uh, no, he's not, not to yet. that not Bam we, level, not, right? Not what we need. Not what we need, and it's rough right now. And I don't see... How we can maintain a level of high efficiency, right, of continuing to win games without having Lowry step up, become a more 20-point average shooter, uh, points production. Um, Hero continuing to put more than 20 points up per game. Um, Duncan, Duncan doing his 15 part. plus, you know, like not just yeah. 10 points. Five no. threes a game. You need to hit five, six, seven threes a game. You need to be on that pace yep. in order for us to continue to win games that we know we should be winning in order to keep pace for the a, uh, the Eastern Conference, right? Because right now, with even with that 4 and 10 record, bro, we're, we're tied for the Southeast Division, right? Because there's three other teams that have 14 wins. The fourth team has 12 wins, which is Atlanta. All these tight teams. And then on top of that, when you look at the standings in the NBA, especially in the East, it's crazy how tight it is. You got Brooklyn with 16 wins, Chicago 16 wins, Milwaukee 15 wins. And then three those three teams that I mentioned, Washington, uh, Charlotte with 14 wins, Miami with 14 wins, Cleveland has 13, Boston has 13, Philadelphia with 12, Atlanta with those are all like playoff teams that we were talking about. It's all ba- it's a lot more balanced this year in the so tough to the Eastern have, Conference. So tough to have some type of consistency out there. But in order to be in that top four range that we were talking about, top three range, you're gonna have to beat a lot of those teams consistently yeah. and find ways to win without our big man or without any of our particular any stars. Body. You know, if Jimmy's out, we got to find a way to win without Jimmy. If Bam is out, we got to find a way to win without Bam. And if they're both out. We need to dig deep. Everybody needs to step up. 
You know, Steph, Gabe, uh, Vincent, yep. Strews, Martin, Hero, P- Tucker too, because Tucker Morris, had a good little stretch. All of you guys, uh, all of them. You know, we need everybody, everybody pulling their weight. It's going to have to become a major, major, major team effort. You know, in order to keep the consistency of winning to a level where, again, we're in contention for that top three, top four spot. It's so crucial for us to have home court advantage in the playoffs with the young team that we have. Now we're a little bit older with Lowry there and having Jimmy side by side. But still, we're going to need experience. We're going to need home court to feel more comfortable, especially come playoff time. And hopefully we're going to be able to do that. Now, uh, uh, the last team that we got to talk about tonight before we sign off um, is the Florida Panthers. Uh, they're still kicking ass, right? They're 17-4 and four with three ties, 3-3 uh, three and three away. They're going to be facing the Blues by the time you guys hear this tonight or today. Um, St. Louis Blues are a good team, man, but the Panthers have been really kicking ass. Yeah, you know? man. Seventeen and four, dude. Did, like, did, did we talk? Was when was the the comeback win? Well, that was last week after last week's episode. Correct. But we gotta we gotta lead off with that. Yes, man. So they're playing Buffalo, no Washington, right? They're playing Washington, the Capitals, right? And they go down early, one zip. We get the equalizer. Washington comes back, puts another goal up, puts another goal up. By the end of like mid beginning of the third period, it's like four one, and at that point right there, it was like well. There goes the home streak. You know, we're going to have we're, we're going to have a negative home streak. We're going to have two losses at home back to back after we lose to Seattle. And now we're going to lose to Washington at home again. Uh, well, we had just lost to them right. at, at on the road. Home, at, on the road, right. And 4 to 3. And now we're looking bad third quarter, third period. We get a goal. And then we get a Well, six, 16 minutes left in the game. Right. We're down 4-1. 4-1 and then the magic happens. Mhm. And suddenly we're up we're, we're Tied, 4-4. Four, four. And in my mind, I'm like, I'm not even watching the game, right? Because I was doing something else, but I'm getting alerts. And I'm like, yo, these guys are playing like empty netters or like what's going on here in this game? I can't watch it. And I see that these guys tied the game. And I'm like, holy shit, these guys are really going to do this. And sure enough, it came to a penalty shootout. And the Panthers got the win. And it was a big win because, number one, it stopped a two-game losing streak, which would have been a three-game losing streak. Number two, it gives you a good victory against a team that you're going to see in the playoffs in the Washington Capitals, right, who we've had a lot of history with. We know that they're a dangerous team, and we had to kind of get that revenge from losing on on the road to them. And then you knew you had other tough matchups after that, so you wanted to get a good game going. Played Buffalo, beat them. Turn the tide and and, and build some momentum. Yeah, and And we really did. That's what that win against the Capitals did. Absolutely, bro. We put up seven goals against Buffalo, and that's a tough team. Seven goals. That's not easy. Seven hockey, four, man. Yep. You beat them seven four, and to continue that momentum, and now to go on the road and place a, a St. Louis team that you know is is a tough team. They're like third in their division. Um, not you know they're right there with twenty eight points. Panthers are still leading the, the entire NHL with thirty seven points. And for the for the Panthers, it's a little bit different story than the than the Heat because they're fully healthy right now, except for Barbara. Barkov, right? Like he's still coming back, mm-hmm. and, and that's okay. We can we can still manage without him, right? Yeah, he's like that final piece of the puzzle. Oh, we got Huberto, but we got Huberto, and that guy huge, is huge, huge piece of this team. First star of the NHL week. Also, like he's had such an amazing week that the NHL named him the first star of the week. This is like little promo that they're doing to highlight players who are having an awesome week. And right. the first guy that they do it with is our very own Huberto. Um, this dude is, bro. I, I don't know, man. Like. He's such an efficient player, and he's not he's one, a professional. Dude. He's not. He's not one of those guys that like. And most of the hockey guys are like this, where they don't like that spotlight or whatever. But this dude really puts his best effort to put the team in front, yeah. to put the coach in front, and say, "No, this guy's really leading us. This is our leader. Our coach is the one who's really preparing us. He's the one who gives me the direction to go here and there and play like this." That's a real big task of a professional that has some type of ego. This guy comes in with zero ego. The rest of the uh, the locker room feeds off that. Oh, yeah. They know that this is the type of attitude to have, and all of that is equating to the team believing into whatever the concept is the coach has on at the moment, right? Because it's changing from every day and then week to week. But to keep those guys hungry enough and focused enough to be a really good team, seventeen and four after a bunch of controversy, a bunch of like losing their coach, roller coaster of emotions and winning at home, losing a streak could have break some records, and now you have to like refocus to say it's a it's a long a, season, a ahead. long season ahead, a marathon. You know what I mean, man? It really 
it really shows what the Panthers are about as an organization, right? Because all of that starts from the top, right? The, the owner, the GM, the president, the vice president, you know, like the coach, the assistant coach. All of these guys are buying into the project, and it's really impressive to see. I, I don't say it enough. But people really need to get on the bandwagon of the Panthers because these guys are going to be around for a long time. They're going to be one of the best competitive teams that you're going to be able to watch night in and night out on NHL. And it's a local team. So, like, if you go upstate and it's cold and you want to wear a hockey jersey, you can rock a Florida Panthers hockey jersey and and represent everybody be like, all right, that's legit. Not just that, man. It's one of the most fun live experiences that you can do. You know, you can... Go to a basketball game. You can go to a football game, and there's you know they're, they're they're fun in their own way. But a hockey game, you don't have to follow any hockey, nope. know anything that's going on, and you just go to the game, and you're guaranteed a good time, man. It's Absolutely, just, it's just it's just the nature of the beast. It's a fun environment, you know. the The gameplay is fun, and and it's very straightforward. You know, it's kind of like soccer on ice. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. And, and it's an it, it's even more entertaining when the team is really good. Yeah, I and mean, one hundred percent. Badass good, you know? Yeah. They're badass good, man. And I'm, I'm excited. I love watching it. Um, I hope you guys really enjoy it because it's it's something that is very exciting, like Joel said, and it's even more exciting when you guys get to go experience that. Don't uh, want to be the last one on the bandwagon. Absolutely right? not. You want to be not. like in the middle of the pack. You never want to be the last one to, to get onto the correct, bandwagon. Correct, so, correct, correct. Uh, they're, the, they're playing the Blues, Blues tonight on the road while you're hearing this. Uh, Friday they play the Coyotes on the road, and then they Sunday they, against the Avalanche also on the road before they come Big back games. home Big against games. the Senators. So, uh, you know, keep good luck rolling. to the Cats on their uh, on Three the road. Three-game win streak. Got to keep it rolling, man. On get a road trip coming up here. Yeah, man. Get another, like, seven-game win streak going, you know, something where they can, you know, really distance themselves from the rest of the pack and, and build up some comfortable space where you don't have to win every single game. It'd be nice, man, to get a good streak rolling. Oh, yeah. Um, before we wrap up tonight, though, dog, we got to talk about more about this snowboarding experience. Yeah, because we, we started had, off, and then Vic, you know, jumped on, and, uh, yeah, I mean, you know. we got we got to close out. We left everybody <laughs> on this deep cliffhanger. So for those of you at home, I'm looking at his elbow right now. Soso's elbow is just banged up. It's all scarred, and, yeah. and, and it has, like, a scab all over it. What happened to you, my guy? Uh, Breckenridge, Colorado is what happened to me. There's a little thing called a snowboard. I don't know if, if you guys have heard about it. You know, it's a pretty cool device. You put your feet locked into it, and it takes you down a snow-filled mountain. Um, nah, man, we went snowboarding. My cousin Richard lives out there in Denver with his wife, Mia, and shout-out to them for having us up there. Uh, we got to stay in a beautiful cabin in uh, Silverthorne, which is amazing, right? Um, great views, and it's, it's really Sounds nice, lavish. man. It's really nice. It's really nice. And on the mountain itself, you know, I've never been snowboarding. I've never been skiing, nothing like that from Hialeah. You know, we don't got that out here. Hey, first hey, time for everything. First time for everything. And what's funny is that my cousin was like, hey, you know, you're a little bit of an athlete, right? You run marathons. You got, you got some good genes in you. Why don't you just take this snowboard and just go down this side of the mountain right here? This is a green run. This is like for beginners. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, bro, when I tell you that I turned my side... The snowboard, I had it like sat down, right? So yeah, yeah, I yeah. sit down, I lock in, I pull myself up, it doesn't move, and, and I'm like, you turn I do a parallel little, to the mountain. I, no, check this out. I do a little hop, boop, and when I do that hop, my left foot goes a little bit forward, and that's all the mountain needs, baby. Man, my foot started turning straight, and I'm heading down. And before I could even realize it, I'm like doing 15, 20 miles per hour. And I've never done First this. First time in my on life. there, you don't know that feeling, you don't recognize Nothing. it. And I don't know. The how panic starts to set in. Set in quick. And I'm like, dude, well, what am I gonna do to like stop this momentum? So I'm just like, I got one option here. I'm wearing a bunch of padding, a bunch of snowboard pants, all this jacket, all this stuff. I'm gonna fall on my butt. Tuck and roll, son. Tuck and roll, man. I'm gonna fall on my butt. And I fell really hard. And I was like, boof. And I was like, whoa, this is snowboarding. I was like, I don't know if I can handle this. Uh, needless to say, it took me a really long time to get down the rest of the mountain, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. A lot more falls, right? Um, it took me like almost an hour. Damn. But then, yeah, dude, it was, it was tough. It was tough. Isn't, be- isn't the worst feeling seeing like kids that are like five <sighs> and six years old? I didn't want you to mention that. I didn't and want they're you to just coming that. down next to you and they're just like laughing at you. 
They weren't laughing. No, because they're innocent and they don't know any better. But they're like, nice. You're you're like laughing at that at yourself for them. Type Correct. Of you know what I'm saying? Correct. Like I, you're I, like, I, come on, man. Dude, I can't. I, I can't compete with this, dude. I'm 36. I'm like watching these kids <laughs> fly by me. Like, yeah, they got headphones they got no, on, just chilling. If they're skiing, <laughs> they don't got poles in their hand. They're no, like I, like I need poles, man. Yeah. I don't know how to ski without them. Like I can't. And they're just getting it. They're just getting around like they're ice skating. You know, just bobbing, chilling. Yeah, dude. And I'm like, damn. This is what happens when you live and you come out here and do this stuff. You get that acclimated to it. And these kids obviously have zero fear about breaking any bones as opposed to an old man like myself, right? Um, but, yeah, man, it was a lot of fun. I got down the mountain the first time. It took me forever. I went and hit the bunny slopes after that. I did what the proper thing to do is, right? Finally got my balance, got my bearings about how to keep the, the board sideways for the majority part, turn, and then turn it back in order to go straight, turn yeah. it back. I didn't really get into carving yet. That's the advanced that's, that's Level. Day two, which you couldn't make it to. Right. That was the advanced level course, and I wasn't prepared for right, that right, yet. Right, right, uh, right. But I got to go down the mountain sideways for a good amount of time, turn it straight, go down a little bit, catch some speed, and then slow down a little bit more. Uh, and it was really nice, man. Well, the, was, mo- the most important thing is that you got to experience that. Yeah, and man. The main question I think all the listeners at home want to know is, will you be doing it again? Absolutely. Without a doubt. Oh, I'm yeah. going back and I'm going back not only to experience the views and like having a good time with family, you know, shout out to my wife for planning the trip and surprising me with it. Um, it's an amazing city to go visit. It's an amazing thing I to go e- experience, right? For somebody like people like us down here, we are below sea level pretty much. We don't get to experience mountains. We don't got views. Views like that. Flat. You know, it, there's nothing like seeing a sunset with the mountain there and snow and you're you and know, the drinking clouds out. hitting the top of the Dude, mountain with a good drink. Yeah. It's, 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 it's super a nice. whole different vibe. It's, it's a, especially in the winter when you're going now, you're man. going there now in the middle of December. It's almost Christmas and yeah. stuff. All the holidays. Are Everything was lit up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, nice, that's man. super dope, man. I'm glad you got to enjoy it. Absolutely, that. bro. And, and I'm and glad you got a couple of uh, souvenirs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You can you remember know, the trip by that scar on your I'm not going to lie, bro. It was hard to work to walk the next day. You know, after oh, sure. 50 falls, after 50 falls, activated before. No, no, no. After 50 falls, and, there, and all that. that area back there yeah. was hurting, dog. Yeah, you know, it, it's not easy. Are you going to be able to play on Thursday? Yes. A hundred percent. All right. We need you. Dog. Yeah, you know we need you. I'm there, bro. I'm there. Shout out 365, bro. I'm taking three ibuprofen before the game, but I'm there. I'm, I'm, I got a guy <laughs> that can get you quarters on the holiday. All right. All right. All right. We'll talk after the show. Pharmacy Let's not get this stuff on camera. Navarro. <laughs> Over on 49th Street. But that's all I know. In the back. His name is Julio. <laughs> in the back. That's all I know. He works man. tomorrow. You can go see him tomorrow. Uh, man, you know what? Before we wrap this up, uh, we always mention the the following us on social media, right? Check us out on Instagram, YouTube. Obviously, this is where we put all the clips. Um, but we want you guys to follow us on Twitter because we're going to do something special mm. on Sunday. Um, we're going to be experiencing a couple of the NFL games since the Dolphins are playing, right? We're going to be tuned in, Joel and I, to NFL Red Zone. And we're going to be commenting on some of the games and some of the action that we're seeing. And we're going to be hosting it live on Twitter, all right? We're going to have a Twitter space set up on Saturday. Well, that's the key word there, the Twitter spaces. Twitter space. You're going to see it pop up on the top left of your screen when you log into Twitter. We'll make sure it'll give you guys a head up, but it'll be around 1 o'clock, 1.30. Yeah, Once- during the games. If you see us, you get a notification. Make sure you turn on the notification Correct. for Sports and Social Podcasts on Twitter, and when you see that pop up, just go ahead and join in. We'll get to interact with you. We'll yeah. get to talk you know, about the game a little bit. Absolutely. And uh, shoot the shit. Yeah, man. It's going to be a lot of fun. And again, we get to interact with you guys you guys can let us know what you think about the NFL, Dolphins, and all types of stuff. And it's going to be a dope experience, so we can't wait for you guys to join us, all right? Um, we also got to give a big-ass shout-out to Empire, man. Check out these dope-ass polos. What? How let us know boy? if this is something you guys would be interested in. Yeah, We're not we'll doing merch, but, you know, if the fans want it, the t-shirts we are might coming. entertain it. So we got we got to throw up a poll. But before we do get out of here, this is the final icing on the cake, man. I got to give a shout-out to the dog, the homeboy. Vic Bermudez. Yes, sir. What an interview, man, to start off the show. I hope you guys enjoyed that. Vic, thank you again, man. Appreciate you being on the show as always. Yo, he's a legend. If you guys don't follow him on Instagram, on Twitter, at Vic Bermudez, bro, trust me. He's a straight shooter. He keeps it real. He's all about Dade County, and he reps us, all of us. When I say us, I mean Dade County, Broward County, Palm Beach County, South Florida. He represents us everywhere he goes. So give the guy some love as we do here. Uh, And make sure to tell a friend. To tell a friend. To tell one more friend. To tell another friend. To tell another friend about this 
this dope-ass podcast, man. This is Miami Space Sports Podcast. You're not getting anything like this anywhere else in South Florida, I guarantee it. And who else is bringing you inside information like your boy Soso? Go ahead. Got it on lock, dog. Nobody, man. That's Even in us. Colorado, up in the mountains, you're you still know? bringing it to us with you the know? Hurricanes news. So let's go, man. Follow let's, the boy. Let's go, man. You guys tuned in. Check us out. Make sure you subscribe to YouTube. Check us out on Instagram. And until next time, peace. peace.